Hey folks, it's Jeff Fuzzy Wenzel from the Woodshed Agency, and you are listening to a new episode of Successfully Funded. Here we go. Let's turn it up. All right, crowdfunders, how is everybody doing out there? Hopefully you guys are doing well and enjoying the sun. I know I am here in Michigan. Um, Yeah, it's another episode of Successfully Funded. So if this is your first time here, let me tell you a little bit about what this podcast is all about. Uh, What we do is we try to talk to project creators either while they're in the middle of their campaign or relatively, you know, shortly after their, uh, their campaign ends. That way we give you guys the most up-to-date information about what's going on in the crowdfunding space so that you can go out and be successful with your project. So that is what we do here. Um, And I think this is, you know, we're up to about 190 episodes. We're closing in on 200 episodes here soon. So, man, we are putting the work in, making sure you guys have all the information that you need. So what is coming up on today's episode? Well, We've got an unbelievable conversation with a couple of co-founders from the company Hitch. They are currently over on Kickstarter right now, and with 14 days to go, they're at $625,000. This might be a million-dollar campaign, peeps. Yeah, the old unicorn. Yeah, the old seven figures, seven figures. Who knows? We'll see, but they're at 625 with two weeks to go, and I do not see them slowing down. So we're going to be talking to Sky Gilbert and David Slorender. They are the the two co-founders of Hitch, and we're going to be talking about how you do this, (laughs) how you launch a product in the middle of of, uh, a pandemic and still bring in a ton, a ton of capital. So that conversation, like I said, is coming up in just a little bit, but before we get to that... Let's talk about what else is going on. So, um, man, for you know, if you're following the news at all here in Mid Michigan, uh, it's been nuts. Uh, I, you know, nowhere near me, um, but uh, we have friends up in that area, and uh, just going through the photos this morning of the flooding and what is happening up there, and it is just it's a it's another head head stretcher. I mean, it's hard to hard to be up for these episodes when you see so much. Uh, uh, destruction happening, you know, an hour north of here. So, um, so for anybody, if you guys are out there listening or if, or if you, um, you know, we're thinking about you and man, if you guys need anything, do let the, do let us know here and we'll try to do as much as we possibly can. Um, but man, just absolute crazy devastation. We were, uh, my, my wife, we, we, last year we were up in Mount Pleasant. Um, which is close to this area. And we went to a park and had a great time there. My son and I throw the football around. We swung, did a, did a bunch of stuff at the park and we found pictures of this park and it's completely flooded. Like all you see is the roof of stuff. So that's been really, really nuts to kind of just think about of, you know, what is happening uh, up in that area. And then now you start getting the reports of, you know, this nobody fixed this dam. And, and you just, man, I'm so tired of all this stuff, man. It is man, is it a, it is just, I don't get it. I don't understand how we're supposed to be the richest country in the earth, but we can't do our bare minimums, bare minimums, keeping our infrastructure up. I just don't get it. And we're all, all of us are, you know, you know, potentially could have our lives ripped away in a day. And man, I just don't get it. I just don't get it. I don't understand it. Um, I just, I don't, I do not have the greed bug that seems to really torment a lot of people, man. I don't get it. But all right, let's move on to some other stuff to talk about. I, we don't need to be Debbie Downer uh, on this episode uh, because we've got such a great conversation coming up with Sky and David here in just a minute. But um, if you're listening to this today, it's Thursday. You know what that means? Eight o'clock tonight, we've got our Discord music listening party, right? Vinyl. It used to, well, it was supposed to be called Vinyl, uh, vinyl and Bourbon, but uh, you know we're not in face-to-face anymore, so we're on, on Discord tonight. Uh, tune in. We're going to be listening to uh, some albums by Portishead. That's our. Uh, that's what we're working on tonight. Yeah, eight o'clock. If you need a link, um, shoot me an email, Jeff at Woodshed.agency, or if you go go over to Discord and you you search uh, Groovebox Sounds, you should be able to find our channel there. And uh, hope you guys tune in. And it is it's a great time. I look forward to it tonight. It's you know two and a half to three hours of just listening to music as a group all interacting and, and just kind of hanging out. So that's coming up tonight. 
um, which I'm super excited uh, for that. And again, I haven't listened to some Portishead in a while, so we're gonna we're gonna dive into some trip hop. So let's go back to some Debbie Downer stuff. I don't know if you guys, I'm a huge fan of the Mark Maron podcast, his shows, what he does on Glow. I mean, I'm just a huge fan of Mark Maron, his comedy. Um, you know, if, if you guys are, are, are following the news at all too, his, his girlfriend recently passed, Lynn Shelton was her name. Um, but man, if you want to go to a podcast and just hear gut wrenching, you know, devastation and heart, heartbreak and loss, man, I, I, I tried to listen to this episode that just came out, but it was so hard. Um, so I just, I had to, I had, I'll be frank, I had to stop, man. I couldn't fathom going through what he, he just went through. Um, so again, uh, thinking about Mark out there, you know, and our podcast brothers, and, uh, he, you know, he does such an amazing show. It's such great interviews. And, I, you know, I just feel bad for the guy that he has to go through. Uh, go through this right now. It's just been... I don't know, man. It's, been, it's another eye-opener this week, man. It's been a, another challenging week, man. They just... It's like we're all boxing Mike Tyson right now, man. It just it doesn't seem like it's ending. Um, and then yesterday, you know, we've got a... You know, yesterday I had to mix at the church. Um, and, to, and today I am just dragging... I cannot stress to you how tiring it is to listen to headphones for like eight hours. It is just... You know, got the big cans on, trying to mix, be very critical listening um, for a long time, and it just manages, it just it just wears me out. So today, if you're feeling a little my my energy down a little bit, it's because I worked my butt off yesterday. But getting better at it, getting better at this mixing environment that we're in, trying to put out good product. You know, week after week, it's. It's tough the way the room is set up and, and uh, you know, and the band's changing and, and, the, and not, you know, the musicians not really knowing each other. You sort of capturing this, um, you know, this, this one-time performance thing, right? And it's, you know, it leaves a lot to be desired sometimes in terms of like, I want it to sound like a studio quality, you know, studio version. It's just not that sort of stuff. So, you know, just kind of moving around people's expectations and, and um, understanding this, you know, this is what it is and be happy with what it is because it's still good, you know. Um, but yeah, that was all day yesterday. That was a full solid day um, of power mixing, you know, mixing it up. So I'm going to try to take it a little easy today, even though I got a bunch of calls with my ears just because, you know, I just talked about it. I got my listening party tonight. I want to listen to some Portishead and I want to do some deep critical listening. Um but, you know, we've got another thing that's happened. I mean, yeah, I guess this episode is, uh, intro is just all about all the things that happened. So we had a rogue bot going on last night. Um, as most of you know, I do a lot of automation on social media, and sometimes you, you just get you, you get caught up in some uh, automation and bots. So our Woodshed account, if any of you guys are following out there, uh, I got, a, um, I got a tur- uh, um, alluded to the uh, potential bad tweets going on out of my account. So we were, uh, we reshared a, a dick pic last night. Didn't realize that, you know, it's not me doing it. So um, I got a call from a guy I've talked to um, uh, a couple years ago who's, who follows us, and yeah, he sent me a message like, "Hey, just want to give you a heads up, sharing sharing some dick pics on Twitter." It's like what? So yeah, found it this morning and I went and deleted it. And again, this is. You know, if you're going to automate your world online, you sometimes will run into some of this stuff and you just got to be, okay, it happens. You hit delete. I don't know, you know, rogue, rogue social media. So I had that this morning, which is always great. You, you, you know, that's one of the things you always want to make sure that you're putting out um, pornographic material out of your business account um, if you're doing crowdfunding. Kind of step one, right? So uh, if you guys are taking notes out there because you want to get some valuable information, step one, send out um, dick pics on your uh uh, you know, <laughs> before you, uh, before you launch your campaign, that's what you want to do. Uh, I'm being sar- sarcastic if you guys didn't pick that up, but so yeah. So if you follow us, all that apologies went in, I shut out. I had to adjust some automation. We didn't get, didn't catch a keyword, but, um, let's go back to some good news. I mean, we're like a sandwich today. We're bouncing back and forth between good and bad, right? That's what's happening today. But, and the good news, uh, today we will be recording our first uh, episode of our 30 minute campaign reviews. Um, we were getting those booked up. I talked about it a little bit, I think on the last episode, uh, intro, um, our goal is to do 30 minute page reviews. Like I want you to send me your page before you launch 
And let's go through it. Let's break it down. Let's look at what you've got going on from the video to the rewards to the graphics to the text. Um, you know, does your does your campaign page, you know, project that this is going to be a cool campaign, right? And are you going to raise the capital you need or what, uh, what things to be fixing? So today we've got our first episode. We're going to be recording that. Um, and we got, I think I got one tomorrow as well. So we've got a couple that we're going to put in the can. Um, and then we're going to start, we're going to figure out our distribution model here coming up, whether it comes out through a podcast, Facebook lives. Um, you know, it's not going to interfere with the uh, podcast. We're still going to be putting those out Mondays and Thursdays, um, like usual. But again, we're just kind of supplementing and putting a little bit more content in here around, uh, campaign reviews. And we're going to see what that looks like. So, um, super excited about, uh, about adding this to the old content strategy, um, and, and we're going to see how it works. We're kind of still trying to think about, is there a potential name that we should be using? Um, you know, uh, is it a little bit more informal? Is it more formal? I don't know. We're going to figure it out. You know, this is, this is kind of my, 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 what I do in my life too. Is like, you know what? It's an idea. We'll, we'll, we'll put a little bit of time into it. We'll, we'll, we don't have all the answers quite yet. Let's, you know, it's kind of similar to the podcast. Go back. If you listen to this, Go listen to like episodes one through like 10. I don't know what we were doing. We were just figuring it out. And then we found our groove. And from that point forward, you know, we get to put out this quality content twice a week. Um, but it didn't, it didn't come out. The very first episode was not, you know, what wasn't, uh, wasn't gold. Yeah, it's gold, Jerry. It's gold. Um, but you get better at it. So that's what's kind of happened today. We're going to record some stuff. We're going to see what it looks like. Um, we're going to see if it, if it flows kind of get the energy of it, get people's feedback and responses from, you know, how it felt to them, and then figure out how to distribute, how to set it out. So, whew, that's a lot of stuff going on around here. A lot of stuff, a lot of stuff, a lot of stuff. But, um, all right, if this is your first time, again, thank you so much for, for joining in um, the conversations. If you're looking for community, go over to woodshed.agency now. Click the community button in the top left and join our Discord community. We've got just under, I think, 60 people over there talking about crowdfunding, digital marketing, giveaways, Facebook ads, all kinds of stuff. It's also a great sort of um, repository for all of our stuff. We'll put our podcasts in there and blogs and, and articles that, that we're sharing. So again, you know, if you don't want to follow a gazillion channels, that's a great opportunity to just go over to Discord. You'll get what you will, um, you'll be the first one to get a lot of uh, a lot of our stuff, and uh, um, and then you can also interact with myself, Sean, Aaron, the whole team's in there, um, as well as uh, as well as other people, other project creators. So go join that. If you're thinking about running a campaign, well, there's two options now. One, you can go and pick our consultation. That's a 20 minute call. Um, we can talk about your campaign. If you want to be on the show for campaign reviews and you're in the uh, preview section and you've got a page that you want some advice on, shoot me an email, jeff at woodshow.agency. I'd be more than happy to um, get you plugged in and, uh, and and get get you on the show and review your page uh, with you. Um, just kind of talk you through and get another set of eyes on it. Um, and then, of course, if you love the app, love the podcast, make sure you're a subscriber on iTunes or YouTube or Spotify, wherever you're getting these episodes. Um, that helps out immensely. And then the biggest thing, you can leave us a review. If you really, really dig it, man, leave us a review. That helps out a ton with um, with other people hopefully joining in and, and, uh, and listening. So, all right, that was all a mouthful. Um, hope you guys are having a great week. And uh, why don't we go ahead and kick to my conversation with Sky and David, and let's talk about Hitch. All right, gentlemen, the red lights are on. It is go time. This is when we have to make all the magic happen right now. So uh, this is this was you got to bring your A game. Uh, no redos, no redos. So uh, why don't we first start off with um, um, what you guys have for breakfast this morning? <laughs> I had coffee. That's okay, my breakfast. Just some coffee. Right. How about Same you, here. David? Just, co- just coffee drinkers. That's it, huh? Just coffee. All right. Yeah. Okay. All right. All right. Well, um, as my listeners can kind of hear, we have two people on today. So why don't you guys uh, do, do us a favor so that we can uh, recognize your voices here. Why don't you guys introduce yourselves um, and then tell us kind of what you guys do for the company. Sure. Uh, my name is Sky. I'm one of the founders. Uh, I'm kind of spearheading a lot of the creative and marketing, a lot, like you know, a lot of things you see on the 
Kickstarter page and a lot of the focus on product design. Um, so, and this cool. is David. My name's David. This guy's co-founder. Uh, you know, we're, we collaborate on everything, but I kind of uh, head up the operation side of things. So make, making things happen and, and pushing us forward uh, to get a great product into the market. Awesome. Awesome. And with that, then let's talk a little bit about actually what your product is for our listeners who haven't seen it or don't know what it is. So maybe when you guys can uh, take the ball there and, and talk about what it is that you're raising money for uh, on Kickstarter. Sure. So we created Hitch. Hitch is a reusable water bottle. It's a premium bottle, really nice bottle, full size that has a, a hidden uh, cup that actually is, is inside it. You can take it out. And we created it uh, out of a personal need that we both had. Um, <laughs> In the reusable cups and bottles, when you have to carry both of those things around, it's just kind of frustrating, like, where are they going to go? My bag's already full. They don't stack or connect. And, right. you know, uh, tried to look at things that exist that do that, and they all kind of fall short there. They're leak or, like, you know, the cup's blocking the bottle, <laughs> drinking out of it, or and that, you know, doesn't fit in your bag, whatever. Right. So we just thought, well, there's a better way to kind of do this. So we came up with the design for Hitch and kind of organically developed it and put it on Kickstarter. That's cool. That's cool. So for our listeners who maybe you know, haven't visually seen it yet, talk a little bit about where is this cup? Kind of how do you kind of tell somebody who who can't see it right now uh, <laughs> where this cup is sure. hidden? Yeah. So so hidden, right? That's a funny word. So basically, if you were to look at the bottom of the water bottle, uh, there's actually a little handle down there, and you turn that handle, and the cup you're actually turning the cup, and it comes out. And you'd say, well, then the bottle's kind of small, right? Well, <laughs> actually, the bottle goes all the way down to the bottom of internally there's like an inner bottle basically and the cup's almost sleeving around that bottom inner bottle protected from with a shell around the outside of the bottle uh, it's kind of like a nesting doll yeah and uh, and that and that allows you to have the cup accessible when you need it so if you go to the coffee shop or you make your coffee there it is right and one other thing i should mention that's important with this is you know you need to live for your coffee that's one of the issues with like a thermos <laughs> right like it's great the sip out of like if you're sitting down but if you're walking around and doing stuff you need like a lid so there's a lid for the coffee cup that's hidden up as well on top of the bottle itself on top wow. of the bottle lid. yeah for our listeners who haven't seen it yet it's it's like um it's like one of those designs when you look at it and you go oh that just makes sense right it's like it's a it's a almost a no-brainer like you know you don't have to like really think about it. you just got to go see it so i definitely recommend going over to the kickstarter right now and checking it out but so you guys mentioned that this is something that uh, kind of spawned from what you guys n just needed. Like you saw this need. So what was it that, that um, like after you kind of had that idea, like what started happening? How did this process start to happen to, to, to make, uh, to make hitch? David, you want to, you want to. Sure. Um, you know, I mean, yeah, Jeff, it's, it's great to hear you say that it, it seems like a, a no-brainer solution because it certainly a lot of hard work went to get to that point where it seemed like an obvious solution. Um, I mean, Sky had really the the original kind of core insight about combining these two objects and started making like paper prototypes and sketches were the first step. Um, and then really talking to a lot of people to see, you know, is this a problem you share? What, what kind of solution would you be interested in to this problem? And then just a continuous process of taking their input combining with our ideas, pushing on it, going, oh, okay, this might work, but there's this problem. And, you know, um, I think the best comment I've seen come in so far was that, you know, I saw an ad for this and I thought it was too good to be true, but you guys thought of everything. I think that was really the work we were doing was thinking of everything. Like, like right. I said, you got to have a lid, uh, you know, there's all kinds of challenges, obviously. So um, just a continuous process of, of pushing on everything. Um, that's, you know, how we got to where we are essentially. Yeah. And, and what, you know, you mentioned like making prototypes out of paper and stuff. How, how long of a process are we talking about from that to, you know, some of the stuff I'm seeing on the Kickstarter page right now, how long of a process are we looking at? That was a year. Good um, solid year. A so, solid year. Yeah. Really like we've been all in on this during that time, you know? Uh, right. Gotcha. And over that year, what would be the thing that was keeping you guys up at night? Like what, what was the, <laughs> uh, I don't know if we can do it, you know? Well, well, uh, that's, that's a good question. So, uh, I think the, the hardest thing that, that we kept running into that we kept worrying about was how, you know, can, will this fit into your life? 
today, right? Mm-hmm. You know, uh, all these other things you can think of, just stacking them on top of each other, or whatever. You keep running into the problem. Most people's bags, you know, day bag, messenger bag, they're only so tall. People right. have cup holders in their car; they're only so wide. Mm-hmm. You know, people want to carry like a fair amount of water and a fair amount <laughs> of coffee. Okay, you've got all these pieces, and you have these constraints. And how do you make it work? Where you know it's actually going to fit. You're not going to buy this thing and say, "Oh, it doesn't fit." Right. So that was the hardest thing to do is to continually press against those constraints and figure out how to move past them. Yeah. And, and how, how quickly did you guys get to a point where you felt like you had something? I, I mean, I can see making prototypes, but like at what point in that process did you go, okay, this is real. <laughs> this is like, like, you know, we're not nuts. You know, this is an actual real thing. Like where are you at? Where is that in that timeline? I don't know, but David, I'd love to hear your thoughts on this too. I, I think when we started doing an early prototype testing with customers last year mm. and saw them go like, oh, this is magic. Like <laughs> I, ca- I can't wait. I can't wait to walk into the coffee shop or whatever and just do that motion of taking the cup out. And suddenly like it just, it, just getting that feedback from people was key in terms mm. of like this design or the way that this actually works is the is the right one came later, but I think the earliest sign was actually just, you know, showing it to people and getting a lot of early validation of people saying like, take my money. Like if you can make this work, I'm, I'm in, you know, <laughs> right, and then right. there was a lot of work between those two things, sure, of, sure. You know, the final design, but yeah. Yeah. How about you, David? Yeah, did, you have, I, did you have a moment like that? I would agree. Definitely customers. Um, there's also a super experienced product designer on our team that we both respect a lot. And our, our first meeting with him when it was still very conceptual and we shared it with him uh, and he also used that word magic. And I think that was big for both of us that like, we're onto something here. You know, this guy has the intuition and experience to know whether this is a dead end or not. And for, you know, to hear him say that, that was very encouraging. Um, and then, you know, launching the Kickstarter, to me, that's been huge just to see that like, yeah, it's not just people in our circle that think this, there's people who are complete strangers who are, <laughs> really think this is an amazing solution to a problem they have in their life. That's been, um, you know, super encouraging, obviously. Right. So, you know, so now in that, you know, in that's this timeline here that we're working through what, um, what starts the process to get, you know, like as close to a final version as possible for videos and photos and, and making this look good. Cause you, you talked about that still a lot of work that has to happen, even though people are, are into it. What what starts that process in terms of you know getting something that's really really close? Well, for video and photo, like well, I think it really had to figure out the story, the narrative we wanted to to tell, and, mm-hmm. and that took a long time because you have these different themes of the product design, uh, something that helps you and your and things that are more about convenience. Um, the sort of story around, you know, zero waste, there's all these different things you could say and make a campaign about and sorting through those and figuring out what our main point was. We had that and putting that down on paper was the first step. Right. And then we built everything off that, uh, this, the treatment for the video, the, what kind of photos we were going to shoot of the product and the lifestyle photography and all that came, came from figuring that story out first. And, and, uh, and then fi- figuring out the balance between, in this case, we had, you know, three main themes, which was like convenience, design, and sustainability, mm. figuring out how to tell that story. Yeah. Yeah. I think, I, you know, one of the things I, I noticed, I think you guys did a really good job of, of weaving, weaving those three things together. Sometimes I'll see these campaigns where they're so focused on like saving the earth that their product gets lost. Like, oh yeah, we're going to save every single water bottle. You'll never, <laughs> you know, it's like, okay, yeah, I get it. But I'm still going to open this water bottle at the sporting event or what, you know, like it's going to, it's just a part of life. Right. So I think you guys did an excellent, excellent job. Was there internal conversation to discuss, um, not going too far into that sort of category at all and not saving the world? Um, you know, with with everything for, for sure. Like, uh, yeah. I mean, we, we also talked to a range of people in our circle and people that also we did some surveys uh, with some people that signed up for a pre-launch list. And it mm-hmm. became, became pretty clear just from that input that some people are all about zero waste and other people are like, don't hit me over the head with that, actually. I, <laughs> right. I just, I'm about functionality. Okay, so we have these different audiences. Mm-hmm. You create a great universal product. You just have to 
you know, appeal to different things at the same time. So we had a lot of talk about that. We had different opinions from advisors and customers who felt really strongly it should be all about waste. They're all about, Mm -hmm. you know, forget that. Don't even mention it. So we had a lot of different opinions (laughs) that we had to balance out. Yeah. And do you guys typically as a, uh, you know, in product design, are you guys putting, I think buyer personas are, are important to kind of imagine who this customer is. Where is that sort of fitting in this timeline? Are you building something that you guys just want and then thinking about it? Or are you kind of creating that person in your mind of this product will fit this type of person? You know, wh- where does that sort of fit in it? The personas came really early because mm-hmm. I don't know, I have a background in doing startups. And, you know, one thing you learn doing those is it's not really about you and you, <laughs> what you think is important or what's going <laughs> right. to work. It's, you have to understand who customers, cust- your customer or customers are. So we se- did segments really early and mm-hmm. primary customer segments and, and map that out. Now, a water bottle and a coffee cup are, seem pretty universal, but then you start narrowing it down. Well, who's on the go? Who's maybe not in a car a lot? Who's on foot mm-hmm. a lot? Who's in the coffee shop a lot? Who's design focused? For whom is the, the water bottle like a talking point piece? You know, mm-hmm. and re- kind of came, came to the conclusion there were a few types of people that w- would really want this. And then many others that I think also would be interested. So we, yeah, we did that pretty early. Yeah. That's in, yeah, that's cool. Where does crowdfunding start to fit into this, um, you know, whole plan, right? Like, Hey, we should crowdfund this or, you know, or was it always from the beginning? Yeah, that's been, that's been baked into our thinking, um, from pretty early on, I would say for a few reasons. One, one thing that's been influential is a, another advisor of ours who's an engineer has been involved in some successful crowdfunding projects and, um, had a lot of good things to say about that model for, for standing up a business like this. And, you know, we both um, have interest in startups and, and business models and things like that. And, and once we started talking about it, there's really um, a lot of compelling things about launching a product like this on Kickstarter. Um, and as we've learned more, you know, it just turned out to be really a great go-to-market strategy in a way that much, much more sophisticated and meaningful way than I really understood when we started on this journey. Mm-hmm. Um, I have such a deeper appreciation for what Kickstarter is and, and the vibrancy of the community. Um, and also just, I think it's an amazing forcing mechanism to make you, you know, like you got to really get your story to fit on one web page, and, and a lot of decisions are made for you, which can be frustrating, but it can also be really great because right. You know, we had to come up with everything on that campaign page and that forced us to cut a lot of things. And um, I think what came through, you know, is a great representation of the product and, and a great launching point for us. So, yeah, that's been baked into our thinking from pretty early on. Well, you know, because you had this team around you, which is not usual for a lot of startups, you know, that you have these advisors and stuff. What were some of the metrics that you guys were hoping to get from this campaign outside of money and backers and stuff? But like, what were there other things that you were like, hope, hey, we're hoping to see countries or or just i don't know was there anything else that you were kind of hoping that this campaign would produce um that may not be dollar amounts you know that's a good question i i I think we're hoping to learn so one way to answer that is is we have this vision that's a little bit more around uh we this term we call conscious carry which is that Mm. we we think there's a, a, a hunger for like a brand that has different products that are all easy to carry you know, a clever, like compact, sustainably made that all kind of match, right? Like mm. all your Apple stuff. Yeah. And we really felt that there was an interest in something like that. And hearing from customers on comments and direct messages and stuff, hey, when are you making the lunchbox? Like, <laughs> hey, like, can you make another size? I want both and I want to carry. And all these people get that there's like other, that there's like a constellation of ED, everyday carry stuff that can mm. fit together getting unsolicited, like, Hey, when's, when are you going to do the rest of it? <laughs> is that, that, that was like, we were hoping we would, you know, discover interest yeah. in, um, so that, that, that's, that's one thing we were looking for. Like, is this have legs? And then the other is so many people we thought would want other sizes, mm. right? Because, uh, you just look at water bottles and cups. There's not, it's not one size fits all. Right. And and so many people are like, I bought it, but you know, I want the bigger one or I want the smaller one. And we've been getting a lot of that. So mm. uh, we feel really excited to like develop other sizes and other products now. Yeah, that's that's very cool. So were there any sort of like um, metrics you were looking for before you hit that launch button? 
Was there anything that you were trying to like, listen, I know there's a math equation probably somewhere baked into here too, but were you like, we want to get X amount of emails, surveys, whatever it is. Was there something that you just wanted to really see that says, okay, we're, we're ready to launch this thing. I felt surveys was the surveys was a big one. Yeah. Hmm. We did, we did a survey with our pre-launch list and we wanted a statistically significant number of responses. Right. So hmm. we could really see around a couple of questions like, okay, do you carry a reusable bottle and cup today? Mm. You know, uh, if you do, what, why, what's the frustration you have? You know, getting some of those answers from people where we're in the 80% plus margin of people saying, I have this problem. Mm. I'm frustrated with this issue. Your solution is really appealing to me. I'd be willing to pay for it. I'd be willing to pay this much for it. Yeah, that was, that was the, that, I think that was the biggest thing, getting yeah. those sort of answers. You know, when you get pre-launch emails, you're like, oh, yeah, great. We may sell a lot more day one, but this is really like the thing for me. David, did you have anything that to, to build on that? Yeah, I think uh, certainly that. And then just in general, Jeff, having, you know, building a sizable and engaged pre-launch audience, we, mm. you know, every every bit of research everyone we talked to suggested that that's really critical for the success of, of a campaign and to get that, you know, initial campaign velocity. So we put a lot of time into that and that was um, really useful because then that's the audience we were able to engage with and, and survey them. And, you know, before you even have a product in Kickstarter, you've got people who are willing to talk to you about the product. And to me, that's just such a cool thing you can do, you know, with technology and to, to find these people who are willing to give their time to tell you what they think this thing should be, you know, and to yeah. engage in the conversation was super helpful. Yeah. That's cool. And so, I mean, we're, we're obviously talking a lot about the Kickstarter. Let's actually talk some of these numbers, right? So while we're talking right now, you've got about 12 days to go. You had a goal of 10 grand and you guys have crushed that. You're sitting at uh, three, I'm looking at 366,000 plus at the moment. But the number that sticks out to me is the amount of backers. I mean, over 4,600 backers. That's a lot of people. Um, so obviously this campaign is hugely successful. How did you guys come up with like a goal and some of the, the the metrics that you wanted to have on the page? Was there any strategy? Did you just kind of pick a number? And then also has this campaign just literally just, you know, it been a grand slam for you guys. Did you guys have any expectation it was going to be to this degree? Well, I mean, we figured like 10,000. Okay. That would be really validating for us to see if there was enough interest right away uh, to hit that number. And we could probably get moving with that. And mm -hmm. You know, it, it blew past it like really fast. I'm sure. Yeah. So, okay, yeah. great. Like now what? And internally, I think we had hoped we could hit like 100K, that that would be good <laughs> momentum. Just we went past that. So uh, feeling really good about it. You know, I think I think it's uh, it's validating that see the average order value where it is. And people are, a lot of people are buying two. I don't know if you've seen the rewards, mm -hmm. but you can yeah. tell a lot of people buy two, which we didn't really expect, which is very exciting. Mm. Um, yeah. People want to buy them for their friends or their partner or whatever. So yeah, that's very, think, very cool. I think the, the numbers where there are, are really exciting. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's just the amount of traction. I mean, they're just getting, uh, that's a lot of early customers, a lot of people supporting the idea. So yeah, I mean, that's, that's why like, I'm, I always try to tell my, uh, my clients stuff. It's like, man, the amount of backers sometimes is more important. I mean, yes, the money, it's all, all great. I, we, we all love the money, <laughs> but like just that imagining that many people out in the world being at a party, talking about it, being at the, you know, having that, what is that? That's cool looking, <laughs> you know, like exactly. just, there's so much value in that, that you just don't know. And possibly for all those products that you're talking about down the road of like, you know, mm -hmm. so, um, has there been a, and you might've just kind of mentioned this, but maybe is there been any other things that stood out behind the scenes in your dashboard where you're like, well, I was not expecting Iceland to, you know, support us or what, you know, uh, has there been just like weird things where you're like, did not expect that at all? I, one thing that's just been, you know, even better than we expected is how much traffic we're actually seeing from Kickstarter, you know, mm -hmm. without, without getting into specifics, you know, we had some benchmarks of what to expect from other campaigns and, right. and advisors. And um, I think, I don't know if it's partially because there's fewer projects launching right now. We were really fortunate to get the projects we love banner very early on. Mm -hmm. And um, we've seen really a lot of traffic from Kickstarter. So that's, that's been huge. Um, we've been lucky to be featured in their newsletter and, and mm -hmm. things like that. So I think a little bit of the Kickstarter portion, that's kind of a black box for a new creator. Mm -hmm. I feel like we've been fortunate with how some of those things come out. Um, and then yeah, like you were saying, just the sheer number of backers. I mean, to have, 
I, you know, we'll be over 5,000 before too long. And like, that's really very meaningful to know that there's that many people that, you know, are willing to give you, give you their hard earned money, mm-hmm. particularly in this, you know, crazy time of uncertainty. I think obviously that was a big question mark for us is how does COVID affect everything. And, um, people are really excited about the product and, and what we're doing. And so that's just hugely encouraging. That's cool. Did, did, uh, did the COVID at all change your guys's plans at all? Was there, I mean, I've got to imagine there was at least one conversation. Oh yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. We, we, a day for yeah months. Yeah. We, 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 so we were planning on basically we had, in February, we were like, okay, we're going to launch in March. Right. And we told our backers we're going to launch in March and then March 10th or 11th when this really like, <laughs> yeah. And we we're like, uh, <laughs> wait a second. <laughs> right. So uh, yeah, it, it, it was like a lot of, you know, all hands on deck. What are we going to do feeling? Mm-hmm. And I also got sick. I don't know if I had COVID, but I was definitely under the weather for a while. There's just this sense of like, we got to probably put delay a little bit. That was hard for us, for our team, for our own burn rate and all this other stuff. Mm-hmm. So yeah, it was challenging, uh, for sure. For sure. It was challenging. And then we were able to kind of pick, like look around and late in mid April and say, you know, okay, we talked to some other creators um, on Kickstarter and saw that what other people were doing and felt a little better about launching. Yeah, yeah, that's cool. What What do you think, I mean, over that, you know, this sort of the middle period, um, which which for a lot of projects can be sort of a, tr- we call it the trough of despair here, right? Where like it just slows down. It's not the first week. It's not the last week. Um, what have you guys been doing to sort of keep that momentum up, keep, you know, just keep backers coming in? What What's some of the things that you guys have been doing? Uh, we've been doing a lot of collabs. So we're doing, uh, a lot of outreach to other campaigns. Mm. A lot of campaigns are reaching out to us. So we're just trying to cross promote as much as we can with campaigns that are products that are well-designed or sustainable, or, you know, we just think resonate Mm. trying to do that. Um, just reaching out to different publications. Our friend Helen is on our team. She's just doing some PR. That's actually been really cool. Like we've got a lot of design and sustainability Mm sites that have been writing about us and giving us some good, good backers from that. Um, a little on social media, email updates, you know, just trying to engage right. community, things like that. Yeah. That's cool. That's cool. And, and how about like the, for that, like that last week of the, of the campaign, you know, um, are there any sort of things that you're thinking about doing to just make sure that that last week is as big as it can get? I, I think doing probably a little more like, you know, maybe some Facebook ads and Instagram mm-hmm. ads in a bigger way, just because they, from what we've heard, they can, they convert pretty well in that last week. Yeah. Uh, you know, really touching, touching base with our bigger pre-launch list. A lot of people who, you know, are like probably going to wait to the end. Just letting them know, Hey, like <laughs> you're running out of time here. Right, yeah, and, right, right. You know, all those things to kind of get the excitement building again. Sure. This is the first sure. one we've done. So we're, this is yeah. all learning experience. That's for cool. Us too. That's cool. So, you know, after the 12 days and then the two weeks or so for the money to all drop and, you know, everybody's done all their high fives, what starts happening in your guys' process to fulfill these orders? What's starting to go on now? Well, I mean, that process is, is well underway already. Um, you know, we're really, it's really important to us to deliver a great product, you know, in, in a great time frame. And um, so, you know, advancing things with manufacturers, obviously this is a, you know, it's not a computer or something, but it's a relatively complicated product with, with a lot of custom moving parts. So um, the design is very advanced, basically, you know, moving forward the the uh, manufacturing of it and, and pushing forward to, you know, for something like this tool, you know, making the tools to actually make the product is the kind of big milestone. So um, finalizing everything to get to that point and um, working out timelines and, and things like that. And so we're, we're deep in that. I, that's something I have a little bit of a background with. So I know, you know, your, your manufacturing partner is really critical to your success with something like this. Right. How is, uh, the COVID affecting that sort of world at all? Is there, is, is it kind of the same or is it challenging? What's happening in that space? I would say, you know, um, their large, well, our manufacturing partner is in China, which is where the, you know, pretty much all high quality double wall vessels are made right. um, in some really amazing factories over there that are really, you know, outstanding. Um, there are several, you know, in, in general, there are several months ahead of us on this whole, on this whole timeline. So in February, I was really concerned, you know, gosh, is our manufacturing partner going to be able to deliver and they're not in the office. And then, 
you know, end of February, they're like, oh yeah, hey, we're back. And now we're so impacted. So <laughs> right. um, as far as manufacturing capacity, they're really pretty much at normal. Um, they're all very agile team. Shipping, I think, is the biggest thing that's, um, yeah. you know, impacted and, and everyone from big brands to small brands are scrambling. That's actually another place where we're fortunate to have a, a team member who's super expert in that stuff and some of the, mm-hmm. you know, kind of ninja moves you can you can play to try and make sure you get a container reserve. So, um, you know, there's challenges, but it, you know, it's just, it's a challenging operating environment for all businesses, I think. Um, and there are not, uh, none of them are insurmountable for us, you know, and, and if anything, um, I'm a lot more optimistic than I was in February. You know? yeah, 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 uh, yeah. You wonder, is the whole global supply chain going to break down? I think we're <laughs> all, you know, people are resilient and we're finding ways to work through yeah. this time. Let's talk a little bit about shipping because I think it's it's something that can literally make or break some of these campaigns. And I personally, in my ten years of doing this, I've killed a couple companies because uh, of shipping. So you know, it's in the past. We learned about we learned our lessons. But how are you guys approaching shipping on you know profit margins and just making sure that you can ship these out effectively and and tariffs and just that whole that whole potential animal? How are you guys handling shipping? Uh we will in all likelihood be using a, a third party logistics provider. In my last job, I actually ran a warehouse for a manufacturer. We did in-house fulfillment. We did a really excellent job of it. Um, it's also hugely time consuming. I mean, to answer your question, it's something we've been modeling into our business from very early on. Yeah. I, I know that it's not one of those costs you can just ignore and go, Oh yeah, we'll get <laughs> yeah, it. We'll figure it out. It turns out yeah. to be a really significant dollar figure in the, mm. in a business like this. Um, so it's just something we've been thinking about meaningfully from early on. Um, and we, I, I have a pretty good sense of what the pitfalls are there. So we're, mm-hmm. we're, you know, avoiding those essentially. Nice. Nice. And, and let's, let's just talk about like, you know, what does this next year look like maybe for you guys as a company? Um, you know, I, ideally you're obviously shipping these out, you're working on them, but as a company, what's kind of happening for the next 12 months or so? Well, so we have to focus in the short term on getting this stuff out. At the same time, we want to start developing the second size. I think mm-hmm. bottles, you know, like this need a second size, a bigger brother soon. We don't want to wait mm-hmm. a year and a half or two years to put right. that out. That product development has to get started. Yeah. Uh, you know, new tools, new testing, all that. In addition to that, you know, we've had a fair amount of inbound and demand from from uh, bigger brands and companies that want to like do a co-brand, like a... Mm co-branded bottle with like a logo or something. So quite a bit, um, like like tech companies want to like give it to new employees, stuff like that, you know? Mm. And so we want to kind of stand that up and and work through the best way to make that happen. We're really excited to do that. We also want to expand and grow our team. Mm. So, you know, bring on a great like customer customer focused person who can kind of think and own marketing in a deeper way. Um, and some, some other roles that we're, we're sketching out. So yeah, there's, there's a lot to do. Yeah. How about, how about like five years? I mean, I know you guys talked about like, uh, you know, a potential (laughs) lot of like, you know, and it's hard to think five years from now. Um, but like, where do you guys see this entire company? I mean, is it multiple products? Is it more B2B that you're talking about? Just like, Hey, we license our stuff to these guys or, you know, like, what do you guys just kind of envision for five years on your roadmap? (laughs) I mean, I just, we look at other companies, some of whom started on Kickstarter, uh, who are really big in like the reusable bottle space or, and they've grown from like a bottle to like, you know, every way that you consume liquids, you know, like <laughs> coffee and wine and beer and, you know, the backpack and, and there's a roadmap to like grow, you know, in your category you know, or in the category of everyday carry food and drink and a lot of, and to create a whole, like I talked about earlier, set of products for conscious carry. So we, we foresee doing that. You know, I, I think that people are going to be potentially carrying more food and more drink than they have in the past, yep. making things at home and taking them with them. We just want to create a bunch of products that, that help you do that. Um, also, we've, there's a, we both have kids, young kids, and uh, you know, moms like, really want cool like, stuff to carry that you know, kids' food or kids' drinks in. Mm-hmm. So that's an area that's really interesting <laughs> to us as well. Yeah. yeah, I could see that in my house. I got a couple of young ones <laughs> under under 10. So, uh, you know, it's all about, I don't carry that one anymore. Okay, I didn't know. Yeah. I didn't know you don't like that <laughs> character or whatever I bought. I don't know. I'm trying. 
Well, cool. Well, let's do a let's do a, a quick lightning round that has nothing to do with Kickstarters, uh, but has everything to do with us being locked away right now. So, um, if you guys are cool <laughs> with it, I'm gonna I'm gonna get you some quick questions here. So, the first one is, uh, what are you guys watching on uh, maybe Netflix, Hulu, whatever? What are you guys watching on the streaming stuff? For? <laughs> uh, I'm watching Ozark. Oh, that's a good one. Uh, that that one's good. Trying to watch uh, like stand up specials on on Netflix. Just trying to laugh too, because Ozark's yeah. kind of dark. Uh, yeah, Ozark. There's there's been many times at the end of Ozark where my wife and I had to put something else on. We were like, I don't know what I just watched, but man, that was intense. I got my anxieties all up, and I'm yeah. trying to go to sleep. So ratchets ratchets you up. Yeah, um, we're in the exact same boat. We uh, we just finished season three of Ozark, and then Black AF has been our new uh, palate cleanser for a little comedy. <laughs> it's, it's really excellent. We just finished that last night, actually. That's cool. How about movies? You guys seen any movies lately? I mean, old movies, I feel like just uh, rewatching classic comedies because they, you know, just bring some, some levity to the room. Uh, yeah. Okay. How about you, David? Anything, any movie? Lately? I don't know. The uh, baby schedule, we haven't quite had a movie length block for, uh, for a while. Yeah. I only watch when they, if I've had that question, it's Scooby-Doo's, uh, Trolls, uh, yeah. Troll yeah. Movie. World. Oh, yeah. 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 Right. Um, how about books? You guys reading anything right now? <laughs> to, to be honest, like not not really reading many books these days. And between, I have uh, two 10-month-old daughters, Woo. twins. Yeah, so, that's, a, that's, a, uh, that's a zone two, defense you're playing right there. Yeah. Well, there's two on two, right? So, yeah, <laughs> okay. And then, and then uh, you know, like basically between trying to start this, get this thing out and dealing with two infants, uh, books have been, you know, cut down a little <laughs> move, bit. Move down. Like, priority list. Yeah. I, I want to start reading again, but yeah, it's been yeah. a while. How about you, David? Yeah. You anything? Early in the scene, I got inspired by a, a podcast and, and started uh, War and Peace because it seemed like a good time for that. But then, you know, it's uh, not too compatible with uh, baby life and startup life. So sure. I read like a page or two uh, at dinner occasionally, but uh, <laughs> yeah, books, are, books are tough right now. Yeah. Well, this might be the same answer then for this. How about podcasts? I mean, I know you listen to mine all the time and you've listened to every episode, 100 percent there. but if there was another one that you would listen to, is there anything else out there right now that, that uh, has caught your ear? Yeah. I mean, I, I really like, I'll, I'm just pulling up my podcast. Um, <laughs> uh, I really like the moment with Brian Cobbleman. I really mm-hmm. like, you know, Bill Simmons stuff, rewatchable. Oh, Bill Simmons. Yeah. Um, Conan podcast is pretty funny. <laughs> yeah. Um, food podcast, stuff like that. Yeah. yeah. I, I listen to a ton, actually. Um, there's one called 9% Invisible that's about design. It's hosted by a guy named Roman Mars. Hmm. Uh, I just really like his voice. He's very soothing, and it's not... Generally, I listen to a lot of news stuff, but right now, I'm just not all about the news. <laughs> yeah. Uh, on the media, to me, is if you do want something, it's more meta about the news. It's a really excellent podcast. And I listen to a lot of finance stuff too that is either boring or or not, depending on what you think. <laughs> nice. All right. My last one is how about um any like entrepreneur blogs or things that you kind of go to consistently for maybe your business or you know, just to kind of be inspired. Is there anything that you guys are kind of consistently going to? For me, it's 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 definitely like Google searching different topics. On medium, I follow a bunch of people mm-hmm. who are entrepreneurs and different like startup blogs and stuff like that. Also, though, we just have a good community where we live in in Southern California, Entrepreneurs Network, like Startup Circle and, mm. you know, Venture Circle. So I just kind of reach out to those people and, you know, in the Facebook group with them. Yeah. And, uh, you know, just, just trying to learn as much as I can from people around me online. Sure. And especially online now because we're, <laughs> right. we're not. No. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah I, same for me. And then Twitter is a, kind of a... A vice that I have that, you know, there's some negative stuff on there, but as far as startup culture and, and, you know, innovation, you can learn a lot and there's a lot of positivity on there. So I look at a lot of stuff on Twitter. Awesome. Well, where should people go if they want to learn more and kind of dive into your guys's world? So they can go to our Kickstarter page. The the easiest way to get there is just to go to carryhitch.com. So C-A-R-R-Y hitch.com that's our website there's okay. a big link big button you can't miss it to go to our kickstarter we're also on instagram posting a lot there that's carrie hitch at carrie hitch and also on facebook the same at carrie hitch so that's a good place to find us 
Awesome. Awesome. Well, I appreciate both you guys taking time out of your day. I know, uh, it's busy time right now with the campaign, uh, uh, wrapping up in the next few weeks. And, uh, I can't stress it enough. I'm telling everybody, go check this out. Great design, great campaign. You guys have literally hit a grand slam here and I'm excited to see what you guys come up with in the future and keep watching on my end. So congrats on the campaign and, uh, keep kicking butt, man. Appreciate it. Thanks, Thanks Jeff. Appreciate awesome. it, man. Awesome. Thanks so much. Yep. Woo. That was a conversation. These guys are hitting an absolute, absolute grand slam. So again, if this is your first time learning about them, uh, go over to the Kickstarter page right now. You've got a couple, you know, you got a couple weeks to back. Um, become a backer. If you don't want to buy, hitch, become a Gawker backer. Gawker backer is a term we've come up with where you back for a dollar and just watch the campaign, watch the updates, um, see how it's working. You know, uh, it all helps, and I think it's a it's a great thing to be doing um, to to kind of if you're thinking about running a campaign, you sh- you should watch really successful ones, right? Um, you know, don't have to reinvent the wheel sometimes to see what they're doing, uh, follow along, follow their story and their narrative and that sort of stuff. So, um, but yeah. Great, great campaign, Sky, uh, Sky and David. Again, thank you so much for your time. And for everybody else, make sure you go and subscribe, review, go to our website. We've got lots of blogs, lots of podcasts, new shows coming, Discord community, all kinds of stuff I talked about earlier. Make sure you join us. Make sure you come be a part of what we're working on here. We'd love to have you. Uh, and for everybody else, have a great week. Have a great weekend. And I will talk to you all on Monday. All right. This song is called Diamonds and Pearls. Thank you.